God. Last week we talked about three commands of the Lord. We covered those. The three commands of God were simply this. Be strong, work, and do not fear. Be strong, work, and do not fear. The reason that we are strong today, the reason that we work today, and the reason why we do not fear is because the Lord is with us. We don't work alone. Our strength is not our own. And what we do in this world, we do not face in fear, but we face in faith because the Lord is with us. He's with us by the Holy Spirit, and we don't walk upon this earth alone. In fact, if it's just my words that you're hearing today, then they're going to fall flat. But if it's the Word of God, then it's going to penetrate your heart. It's going to change your outcome. It's It's going to infiltrate your life and begin to bring transformation to you. Now, as we look here, there's the area that we did not get to last last week was simply this. The three promises in the book of Haggai. The three promises in the book of Haggai. Let's look at Haggai 2, verses 6 through 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations They will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. In this place, I will give peace give peace the three promises let's start from the from the bottom there and work our way back what is the promise of the Lord the promise of the Lord is this I will give peace to my house maybe you don't need that maybe some of you in here today need it more than you need your next breath the Lord has promised I will give peace Now, we live in a world of chaos. We all agree with that. We live in a world of turmoil. We live in a world of uncertainty. We live in a world that seems to be overrun with fear. But the Lord promises that he will give his house peace. Now, we're talking about this building. This building right here and these walls made of brick and mortar, they don't need peace. We need peace. We are the house of God. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God has promised you that he would not only give peace, that he is your peace. Be anxious for nothing. There is nothing in this world that should cause us angst because we go to the Lord and what we understand is that God has afforded us peace. Oh, Father, I'm going to need some help today. 
I, I'm going to need, Lord, you to right now begin to stir the hearts of your children. Lord, we got our thoughts on Turkey. We got our thoughts on travel. We got our thoughts a lot of different places. But I'm telling you, church, I believe that we are living in a day where we need to wake up to the reality that God has promised us peace and we are to walk in peace. We are to live in peace. We are to think in peace. We are to lay our heads in peace. We are to walk in rest. We are to walk in all that God has in store for us. And if we're not living there, we need to begin to petition God and say, God, where is my peace? He said, I'll fill this house with glory. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with the level of glory that's in this house. This house, that house. I thank God for the glory, but I want more. I want more of the glory. I want more of the glory. I want so much glory that it's going to fill up this physical building. It's going to fill up this spiritual building. And it's going to flow out of you into the, into the streets, into the, into the capitals, into the nation. I'm looking for the glory of the Lord that God speaks about right here that's going to fill the whole earth with the glory of the Lord. When the Lord shows up in his manifest presence, he'll get into your business. He will get into your marriage. He'll get into your home. He'll start transforming your children he'll start transforming your thought life he'll change everything there is to change about you the glory of the Lord I believe we need some peace in our own hearts amen I believe we need some glory in our homes. I believe we need some glory in our schoolhouses in our courthouses in our in our capital buildings we need some glory of the Lord for rest promises of God I'm going to fill my house with peace I'm going to fill my house with glory but where is he going to where is he going to start oh, I'm so glad you asked I want you to look there verse 7 well, let's back up to verse 6 Haggai 2 6 for thus says the Lord of hosts once more in a little while, it's been a little while since Haggai wrote this, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations and they will come with the wealth of all nations. And I will fill this house with glory. It was the author of Hebrews in the 12th chapter, 25th verse is seen. That you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall they not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice that shook the earth. And now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth but heaven also. Know this, that yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Let us have grace by which we serve God acceptably, reverence, and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, I told you the Lord has promised peace and he's promised glory. But how is he going to get the church to that place? How is he going to get us to the place where we need so that he will begin to shake what can be shaken so that what remains will be of the kingdom of God? I just counted them. There were six yeses and one amen. The rest of you were a hush of silence. You know why? Because your flesh is the same flesh I have. We start thinking about the shaking. We start thinking about the privileges we may have to lose. We start thinking about the shaking, and all of a sudden, we are more concerned about the convenience that we're going to have to forego. When I start hearing about the shaking, then all of a sudden, my comfort level gets a little bit, little bit angst because I'm concerned about what it's going to cost me. See, we talk about the shaking, but I hope before this day is over that your heart is turned back in another direction. And we look to the Lord and we start saying, God, I, I don't feel the shaking like I want to feel it. I want more shaking to take place because I understand, Lord, that our world needs the glory of God and our world needs the the peace that only comes by you. And Lord God, go ahead and shake it so that whatever's remaining, we will know it is of the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now, we look here. We see, as I was just scanning through the scriptures and listening to the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord began to show me that in this world in which we are living, in the land of the time in which we are at, that now the Lord is going to shake not only the heavens, but the earth and the sea and the dry land. In other words, God is going to shake the things in the spiritual. He's going to shake the things in the natural. But he's not stopping there. He said, I'm going to shake the, the very nations. I'm going to shake up the nations. Do we not realize what Isaiah had the revelation of in Isaiah 66 and 1? He said, the Lord said himself, heaven is my throne. In other words, God rules in the spiritual realm and earth is my footstool. In other, th in other words, everything on earth is subjugated to the authority of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me tell you, folks, if you live in a theology that tells you the devil is equal with God, you have listened to the wrong preaching. If you're listening to the thought pattern in your life that the fear is greater than the God that you serve, then you're serving the wrong God. We serve the God who rules from the heaven, and the earth is his footstool. Now, I promise you, I like comfort. I like comfortable clothes. I like comfortable shoes. I like things that are, I like my comfortable chair, my comfortable couch. It's time, folks, that we do not settle for comfortable Christianity. That we realize God has a work for you and I, and we're going to meet him very soon. 
and we're going to give an account for the work that we've done on earth. And this work that we're doing on earth is not something that we fuel. It was the Lord that stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel. It was the Lord that stirred the spirit of Joshua. It was the Lord that stirred the spirit of the remnant of the people so that they would engage in building the house of God because there was a thought pattern and a process and a, and a world in which they lived because of the opposition. They believed it wasn't time to build the house. And the Lord said, you need to consider what path you're on and what ruin you're living in because that's not the pattern and the path that I've chosen for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a church and a path that leads to the cross of Calvary and beyond and our focus is not upon the earth. Our focus is in heaven. And we're looking for the soon coming king. And our ears are attentive to the bridegroom. When he calls and says, come up, we are ready to go up. When God says it is time to build his house, we must listen to the voice of God and say, yes, God. Let it be now. My prayer for you is that everything remaining in your life is of the kingdom of God. And so what I didn't say in that statement is this. My prayer is that God shake you up so that everything that you have remaining is of him. But I recall a story in the word of the Lord where a man by the name of Peter was sitting in a prison, fast asleep, on the eve of his execution, he was there with the eve of his execution, sound asleep, bound between two soldiers, and soldiers guarding the, the prison cell, guarding the gates, ensuring that he did not and he would not be released because upon his escape would mean the, the death of those soldiers. But the word of the Lord tells us, and the Good News translation is the one that I've chosen in Acts 12 and 7. As the church were gathered and they were praying and they were interceding. Because now one of the disciples, was it James that was beheaded already? James that was killed? They thought, well, wait a minute. We better do something about this. We better get to praying because Peter's in prison and he's going to die tomorrow. So I guess we need to get down on our face and begin to cry out to God. Why is it, church, when the things get crazy? Critical is when we decide that's when we need to pray. Maybe if we'd been praying all along, oh, I don't know, let's don't go there just yet. But you know where I'm going in that, amen? Maybe before your marriage falls off a cliff, maybe you need to spend some time in prayer. Maybe before your kids get out on their own, maybe you need to dedicate yourself to the faithfulness of the house of God and prevent some of those things that are about to happen. So, here is Peter in prison. Church is praying. Peter's asleep, sound asleep. And the Bible tells us suddenly an angel of the Lord stood there and a light shone in the cell. And the angel shook Peter by the shoulder, woke him up and said, hurry, get up. At once, the chains fell off of Peter's hands. Let me tell you what the shaking will bring. The shaking that the Lord is bringing will shake us awake. The church has been in a slumber for too many years. We have slept through crisis after crisis after crisis. We have been lulled to sleep by the things of the world. 
But the Lord is, said, I'm about to wake up the disciples. Through the prayers of the people of God, I'm going to send my angelic host, and I'm going to wake up my apostles. I'm going to wake up my prophets. I'm going to wake up my teachers, and I'm going to wake up my preachers. The shaking that God is going to do, and what does it look like? I couldn't tell you. What is it going to? What is it going to? Uh, what is it going to seem like? Is it? Is it everything around me is going to shake? I don't know, and it's not even my concern. My concern is what the Lord has promised, and He's promised peace, and He's promised glory. But He's also promised that He will shake the heavenlies, and He will shake the earth, the the dry ground, and He will shake the nations, and He will shake the wealth of those nations. And so, as we look at that, what we see is, Lord, it doesn't matter what the world has. And, and the world is going through. We are not of the world. We are of heaven above. And so, Lord God, we're just going to look by and get ready to make a harvest of this last day. And then God begin to shake so that we wake up. Shake to awake. I rest every spirit of fear in this house right now. I arrest every spirit of fear in this house. The media has conditioned you to fear. The media has, has pumped in and pumped in and pumped in. Folks, I don't know if you realize this, and I'm not belittling anyone that has passed from this life because of a virus that has taken place in this world. And I don't mean any disrespect whatsoever, but let me tell you, People have been dying from the beginning of time. That's not meant to sound cold or indifferent. It's not a political stance. It's not a left-wing, right-wing stance. The truth is we are not promised tomorrow. People die every day. There will be 600,000 people that will die this year from heart disease. There will be thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that will die because of blood disease. There will be, unfortunately, millions of lives that never even got started that will be aborted. Death is a reality. Which tells me that every person in this room that can hear my voice and if they're tuned in online, understand this. This life is not the end all, but what you do in this life will determine where you will end up. And if you are not living in relationship with Jesus Christ, and I would go as far to say an up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ, then you are, tread, you are treading on some very dangerous areas. God, shake to awake. Shake us so that the young people may come to know what it means to walk and to live in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Lord, shake until we awaken to the day in which we are living and the purpose that is set before us. I also see in the Word of God how that there was another Apostle born out of due time. 
found himself in a prison. And in the midnight hour, he began to worship the Lord. As he began to, in, in the stocks where he was at, as he was in the, in the prison there and he's worshiping God, all of a sudden something began to happen. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open. And everyone's chains were loose. Why does God shake? He shakes to awake, but he also shakes to break. There's some things that have been holding on you too long. You, some of you are living in here, and you're living in a prison house of regret. Some of you are living in a prison of depression. Some of you are living in a prison of oppression. Some of you are living in a prison of failure. Some of you are living in a prison of shame. And I say to you, oh, mighty God, for their freedom, Lord, shake us all up. Lord God, for their freedom, Lord, shake that there may be a breaking of the very foundations in which that prison is built upon so that they may not only go free, but their children and their children's children and their children's 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 children may go free. God, shake. Shake to awake. But Lord, shake to break. Folks, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied personally. I'm not talking about you. I'm not satisfied. There is a divine dissatisfaction, a holy hunger that I've asked the Lord for. I don't want church as usual. I think God, and we should, re, we, should, we should show up to the house of God, but what I'm looking for is the glory to fall down to this place in your life to be so transformed that it's a notable difference. That you walk in, and every person bound in sin walks into this place, and every marriage that is broken walks into this place, and every child that is entertaining uh, spirits of darkness walk into this place and all of a sudden uh, they come in uh, and they are encountered with the glory of the living God and all of a sudden uh, the bondage is broken off of them because of the presence of the Lord. Why? Because you said, God, I need you to shake me up so that others may go free. I know that that doesn't bid well or, or abide with those whose idea of Christianity is me, myself, and I. What I want, what I need, how I feel. Is it my song? Is it my flavor? Is that preacher that crazy? I need him to tone it down a little bit so that I can feel good about myself. Have you read the scriptures? The Bible says that they said Jesus was beside himself. I think it's time that I get beside myself. Self has been in the driver's seat too long. Oh. We've been pet too long. That's why we're more concerned about our comfort and our convenience and our privileges 
than we are about the harvest. That's why when you give us something to do, we'll show up to do it. But if we don't have anything to do, we won't be there. That's why we're, we're more interested in how this makes me feel instead of whether or not our sons and our daughters and our children and our grandchildren, whether or not there is a breaking inside of them because there has been a breaking inside of us. I believe, folks, that God wants to shake to awake and he wants to shake to break. In Ezekiel 37, I was in prayer the other day and the Lord began to show this to me. Ezekiel is sitting there in the darkest time of Israel's history. They're in Babylonian captivity. Judah is actually. As they're in Babylonian captivity, the Lord brings the prophet, Ezekiel, says, I want to show you what the heart of Israel, of the heart of Judah looks like right now. I'm going to give you a vision. That vision was a battlefield where soldiers had fought and died. And they were laying out there in this valley. They had been there so long that their bones were bleached out. They were dry. Deep. The flesh that was on them had deteriorated, and so it was no more flesh on them. There's nothing but dust and dirt and debris, and they're laying out there, and they're scattered. They are separated. And the Lord said, this is the heart of Judah right now. They are living in a place where they are so empty of hope. The world has pumped the church with the narrative, there is no hope. Now they're laying out there in this open valley. And the Lord was showing Ezekiel, this is the heart of the people of God. And I feel in this place today that depicts many of your hearts right now. You are so absent from hope that you're hopeless and you don't feel that there's any point in continuing on. I thank God for the bravery of my wife as she stood out, uh, stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. Was it last Sunday when she began to call out the spirit of suicide? Uh, there's a spirit in the land today, and it's wanting you to destroy your life, telling you that you're, you're worthless, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything. What value do you have? Uh, I say you have every bit of value. The Lord valued you so much that he died for you, and there's still something that you are to do, but you must go after him with all that is within you but there is the valley filled with bones this is a revelation that came to me as the Lord asked Ezekiel can these bones live Ezekiel said Lord you know but I say to you according to the word of God this is the revelation Church, you know, because it's already been revealed. Ha, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. I'm going to see if you get it. You get two stars and a, and a brownie when you're finished. Can this situation change? Oh, yeah, it can. It can. 
no matter who's in office, the situation can change. We serve a king that rules above the kingdom of this earth. We, we serve a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Kings will come and kings will go, but the king we serve will always be on the throne. Always, always, always be on the throne. You know already, church, these bones will live. Why? Because God wrote it down. He told us. He showed us. But Ezekiel was not just a person sitting on the sidelines. He had a job to do. What was that job? To begin to prophesy. Oh, in these last days, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord has stirred them up, filled them up, set them up. And there's a divine setup. And God is saying to the church today, it is the day where I am going to shake you awake. I'm going to shake you to all the bondage that has held you bound is broken. And I'm going to shake you until you begin to separate from the things of this world so that I can bring you you into a place where you can have the strength that you need as the sinew and the flesh comes upon you as the muscle begins to develop because of the word because of the word and then I'm going to breathe into you yet again and the spirit of the Lord is going to fill your lungs and you're going to stand up an exceeding and great and mighty army of the Lord if that doesn't excite you, I don't know that anything will. But folks, God will shake to awake. He will shake to break. And he will shake to separate. Something else the Lord showed me. He said, the enemy believes that my church is out for the count. The world believes that the church is out for the count. But the Lord said, I'm a master at hiding things. I can hide kings out in the field tending the sheep. I can, I can hide queens, orphaned queens in their uncle's houses. I can hide things until I get ready. Until I get ready. And I believe with all of my heart. See, the Lord has hidden. There's some bones laying out there that God has hidden his power in. There's some prophets and apostles that are hidden in prisons that God's going to set free. There's some prisons where the prophetic voice, the prophetic voice where you hear thus says the Lord, you're going to know it's thus says the Lord. It's not going to be prediction. And when it doesn't come true, you're not going to hear them turn and point their finger back at what the church didn't do. You just hold on to that nugget for just a little while longer. Because I found out that when there, there is a guild of the prophets in the day we're living, and they start prophesying, and those prophets don't come, those prophecies don't come true, they'll find somebody to blame for it instead of themselves. 
Let me tell you, we need to focus on this, on this. God's already said it. He's perfect, we're not. I'm just getting it all out. I'm not going to be with you Wednesday. I'm just going to shoot at you with both barrels this morning. Is that okay? See, I believe that in this house today, in your hopelessness and despair, as the word has been prophesied over you, that valley that you've been in, where you thought there is no hope left for me. I've done too much. I've gone too far. There's, it's so far removed from me. I just have no hope whatsoever. I believe the word is going to shake you and those thoughts are going to lift off of you. That dust in your mind is going to clear and God is going to breathe you back into union with himself and he's going to breathe into your nostrils a breath of life and he's going to raise you up to be a strong warrior in the day in which we are living. I want you to know if you walk into this house and you say, I have no hope left in me, then this message is for you and for your children and your children's children and every generation to follow and all those within your sphere of influence God we need you we need you today we need you today Folks, the world is in need of what you have. Why do you think the enemy attacked you so early in life? Why do you think there's been such a bombardment against you? It's because the, the enemy does not want anything that looks like Christ. So if he can keep us Lured away from the Lord. Living in darkness. The shadows of our own thought life and patterns. Can keep us defeated. Because we don't know how strong Christ is in us. But if we will come to the light. That darkness will be pushed back. Someone's going free today. Just a few moments, I'm going to ask Liz to come up and share her new assignment. But before she does, I'm going to ask our worship team, if they're able to come up right now. I just believe some of you have felt some personal shaking. And you, you took it as God was angry with you. No. God wants to give you peace. He wants to fill you with his glory. He wants you to be awakened. He wants the enemy's hold to be broken. And he wants you to be separated from the thoughts that bring destruction in your life so that he can build in you the work of his kingdom. 
that he can bring, that you will divorce the idea of individuality and you will merge with him in whole union and you will walk with your whole heart given to him so that he can set you free. But there's somebody in dire straits this morning. You are here today. You may be listening. You may be sitting in Mosaic right now. You may be sitting in another church. You may be in California, in Florida. You may be in South Texas and Galveston and you're right now in a place and you're just like I am so without hope I am so without hope there is nothing that I look forward to and I don't want to die I just don't want to live the life that I'm living that means this altar call is for you I want you to stand in this room I'm not going to take a lot of your time But I believe as you walk to this altar and throw your hands up, God is going to set you free. I have that confidence in Him. Right now, come on. Come on. I'm not going to.